While he was an Orthodox Jew, Yoel ben David was challenged to study the Old Testament in addition to the Talmud. And this led to questions and even more questions. And by the time he reached Isaiah 53, all bets were off. I think you know where this is going, but it's a story you need to hear. A story of an Orthodox Jewish man who met Jesus, thanks to the encouragement and prayer of a Messianic Jewish woman. Yule now does the same thing for many others as the training director of Jews for Jesus in Israel. You'll hear this story in a few minutes on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. But I also want to give you a little context. I recorded this conversation in Jerusalem shortly after terror attacks in Paris that killed 130 people and injured 494. We talk about that. We talk about ISIS, disdain for Jews in much of the Western world, and our need for Jesus. This is an altogether enlightening and encouraging episode that I know will help you appreciate Christ in your life all the more. And so, without further introduction, let's get started. In light of Paris, we're coming to you from Jerusalem. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Today. Thank you for joining us. And I've got a Christian I want you to know, this time from Israel. With me is Yol Ben David, or Joel Ben David would be your more uh, English name. Absolutely. And uh, you're the director of training for Jews for Jesus in Israel, the biggest center for that organization in the world. Welcome even today for the first time. Thank you, brother. Thank you. And I'm going to call you Yoel, but I may forget and say Joel at some point. So please, please forgive me. This has been a rough last several days for the world. Europe Indeed. is reeling. And of course, you're with Jews for Jesus. I mean, ISIS does not like you, even though you are first and foremost for Jesus, even Absolutely. though you're a basically Jewish organization. How do you see this? How do you see it from your organization's standpoint in France? Because Jews for Jesus is active there. We are active. We have uh, a couple of missionaries that work out of our Paris branch, and they have had to really, you know, ask themselves questions of security. And uh, they've they've made changes in our office because of the security questions and problems. And that came up even before this latest that, series that of attacks in, uh, last Friday that night. That started with uh, just with Charlie, with Charlie Hebdo. The magazine? Yes, with the magazine. And there has been consistent, continuous threats made and problems in the Paris area. And so they've had to address it. But in our classic Jews for Jesus style, we don't back down, we don't stop. And we have tried to take every instance and every situation and... And, and made the issue that we are Jewish and we are believers in Jesus. And we've, we've stood out sometimes more than the Jewish community. Mm. One, of our, one of our missionaries, in fact, our France director, was out in the Jewish community wearing a skull cap, wearing a, a head covering, a Jewish head covering, as he was talking to people about Jesus. And Jewish people even came up to him and said, wow, you're, you're, you're able to, you're willing to wear something that identifies you as a Jew. They would in not Paris. wear the head covering. Many of themselves. them have, have. Many of them have started to take it off wow. because they're afraid of anti-Semitism. And we're saying no. We're proud to be Jews, and we're proud to be Jews that believe in Jesus because Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, was willing to stand out and take the risk and give his life for us. And so we do the same. Pretty gutsy, I'd say. Well. It's just following him, really. But, but yeah. <laughs> All right. 
That's the depths of evil going on in the world today in light of ISIS. Not going to go away. We're not too many miles uh, away right now from the birthplace of ISIS in Syria. And there's been bombings uh, by the French and also the Americans and the Russians and others. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about Israel and what's going on. Uh, your accent gives you away. You're a little... Uh, Indeed. There's a British side to you, right. too. You were the UK director for uh, I was the UK Jews director for, for three years, yeah. Okay. How did you meet Jesus? Well, as, as, as you can tell, I've got many different backgrounds. Scottish dad, Moroccan mother. My wife is Russian, German. Um, <laughs> we have lots of things in our family. But both but, Jewish. But we're both Jewish. And we were both raised as Jews. And being Jews, we, we learned about our tradition and about our, our people. But I came to a place in my life where I wanted to find out about other people. And specifically, I found myself one day reading the Quran on my bed and asking God, you know what? I don't want to read the Quran. I don't want to read other books. I want you to show me. And that day, I had a vision of Jesus. An 18-year-old Jewish boy seeing Jesus on his bed and... And I didn't know what to do. We've been hearing this. We were in Jordan a few days ago. We've been hearing this from former Muslims, also even nominal Christians who came from a, a tradition of Christianity, but not a personal relationship with uh, the Christ right. of Christianity. But here you are a Jew and you had a vision of Jesus. I did. But despite the vision, I rejected it. I, the mm. first time I saw Jesus, mm. I didn't know what to do. And I was very afraid and I walked away from it. And left England and came back to Israel. And in Israel, I met the most beautiful girl in the world, my wife, Adele. <laughs> and when we met, we talked endlessly about God because she had come from a family of Jews, but of seekers, people who were trying to find out about God. Mm -hmm. And the two of us talked and talked about God and, and about spirituality. And we became vegetarians. But we realized that with all of the talking, we, we weren't living out our, our belief system. We were just talking about it. So we decided to do something about it and we became more and more religious. And Adele and I actually lived as Orthodox Jews in Jerusalem a little time after we were married. Or, uh, or even what's called maybe ultra-Orthodox? Yeah, well, the term well, I would use is Hasidic. Okay, which, which for most of our listeners maybe who have not been to Israel or not been to Flatbush in Brooklyn, right. what does this mean? It, it means that, well, you, you may have seen them on films. It's the, the religious guys with the beards and the curls that go down the sides of their head. So it means that you not only live by all of the laws of Orthodox Judaism, but you adhere to a rabbi who tells you how, he's kind of your intermediary okay. with, with, to God. And that's okay. what it means to be a Hasidic Jew. Okay. Hasi yeah. Hasidic, and I can't even pronounce Hebrew correctly. What, is the, what would that word actually mean? A Hasid would be um, like, a, like a disciple Jew. Okay. Yeah, so a Jew that is a disciple of a specific rabbi. You're standing here with me now. We're outdoors in Jerusalem. You're wearing an Aizan sweater. You have a very <laughs> trimmed beard. That is not how you looked. No. For a period of life. No, it was not. I had, a, I had a very long beard and I was living as an ultra-Orthodox Jew here in Jerusalem and I served in the head rabbinical core, so the head core, the head base of the rabbis in the Israeli army. Okay. Um, and it was while I was there that a friend challenged my wife and I to read the Old Testament for ourselves. Okay, now hold on. Ultra-Orthodox Jew, someone challenged you to read the he Hebrew Bible? Indeed. And Whoa. And most people think that that's, that's strange because yeah, we, we look at 
Right. We look I, at Orthodox I'm a, Jews. I'm a Gentile, basically. I'm a Goyim. I would think that every ultra-Orthodox Jew had the Old Testament memorized. Absolutely. But they don't. They read very little of the, of, the, of the Old Testament. They read the five books of Moses, but only through the filter of rabbinic Judaism. And so even as an Orthodox Jew, having gone through the five books of Moses, I'd never actually read it for myself. So mm-hmm. Adele and I picked it up and started to read through the Bible for ourselves and began, and actually quite shocked, we were shocked to realize that we were living lives that were not in line with what the book was saying. Mm. We were living lives in line with what tradition was saying, with what our rabbis were saying, but not with what God was saying through the books of Moses. And so we started to question Judaism and try and read what the Bible was telling us. Mm-hmm. And including the prophets and the writings, there are three parts to the Hebrew Bible. Indeed. And you're saying the ultra-Orthodox would center on the Torah, the law, Absolutely. the first five books. They would. So, so where did this lead you? Well, then, it, it led us beyond the five books of Moses into the prophets. And when we got to That's Isaiah... dangerous territory, Isaiah I might say. <laughs> dangerous territory for anyone. But when we got to Isaiah, I already had a problem. And I wanted to find out what Isaiah was talking about. This one chapter in Isaiah bothered me. Now, what chapter was it that bothered me? Of course, yes. It's Isaiah 53. It's the one that leads any Jew who's met Yeshua. Uh, Almost everyone I've ever met, they get to Isaiah 53 and they say, it's obvious who this is about. Well, I, I had no idea what it was about. And I wanted this lady to explain it to me. Now, this friend, her name was Judy, she, cha- she, she, she was praying for me every single day mm-hmm. that God would show me, and she, God would show her when to tell me about Jesus. So when I showed up at her house and I said, Judy, what is Isaiah 53 about? For her, that was the sign. Mm. And that very evening, witnessed to me, spoke to me, and as I, as I took what, these words that she was telling to me to God, mm-hmm. and I said, God, you've got to show me the truth, I had the same vision as I had when I was 18 years old and came to faith that very evening. Wow. So you actually had two visions of Jesus showing up in your life. If you just joined us, this is Haven Today. We're coming from Jerusalem. This is Joel Ben David with us. Uh, Let me just flat out say, this is Joel Ben David. It's not (laughs) Joel Ben David with us here on the program. And you're just sharing your story of how you met Christ. Now you're with Jews for Jesus. You're one of those missionaries that helps tell other Jews about your Messiah and Yeshua is the Messiah, Absolutely. the way, the truth, and the life. After you and your wife became followers of mm-hmm. Yeshua, you knew him as Lord and Savior, was there some pushback? You were probably still living in this Orthodox neighborhood. We were living in an Orthodox neighborhood. I was still serving in the base. And on the last day that I was at my base, I actually told all the people, all the soldiers there, of my faith and received definitely some pushback and rejection. My mother... Um, Uh was so shocked. A Jewish mother. My Jewish mother was so shocked by our faith in Jesus that she sent anti-missionaries, people to Mm. come around and convince us away from our faith. And then that led to increased persecution. I even had uh, my face in the local Jewish paper calling me dangerous because (laughs) I tell people about Jesus. Mm. Yeah, Mm. so we certainly experienced the pushback. But it's funny that in the pushback, you experience this sense of this sense of joy, you know, I've, I've, mm. been, I've been singled out for Jesus. And, you know, especially as young believers, that was, it was exciting to us. Mm. I know it's not easy, but yet you are seeing uh, 
Jews come to faith in Yeshua, aren't you? We Even are. in Israel. Even in Israel, absolutely. Wow, wow. And uh, what do you find is the way? How do you approach someone? I mean, I've seen Jews for Jesus missionaries handing out flyers on subways, and absolutely. and I understand you uh, you give lattes in in New York now, <laughs> and uh, you're doing things. What about Israel? Here in Israel, we we're definitely people who believe that there's there's no no such thing as one size fits all. So we have. We have all sorts of methodologies. We have tracks. We have T-shirts. So you still we have do coffee. a little of that. Absolutely. Okay. We have, we have, every which way that we can culturally connect to Jewish people, to Israelis from all different stripes of you know walks of life, to engage with them, to bring the gospel to to their hearts, and and to see them discipled. So, we do it all different kinds of ways. But the thing that we do for everyone is let them know the gospel. We make the issue unavoidable to Jewish people all over the world, which is still our mission statement today. And and I think you're probably having to approach even Jews in different ways because of uh, your culture of your ethnicity is changing as well. And also demographics yep. are changing in how you reach someone. Absolutely. Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've got people in younger generations asking different questions about life. And so the message never changes, but the, the way we deliver the message, the way that people hear the message, the words that we mm -hmm. use to describe mm -hmm. the gospel that Jesus came, gave his life, mm. rose from the dead, the, the way that that message comes across has to be, has to be different so that, not so that we, we change our faith, but so that people can understand what we're saying. Mm. We want to make the gospel compelling to people from whatever life that, that is. And, that's our, that's our job as missionaries. Wow. Let me ask you two questions, Yule. First question, are you afraid of ISIS? Are you afraid of ISIS for your family? I would be lying to say that living through the Gaza war last summer, missiles, air, you know, sirens, sleeping in a, in a bomb shelter with my four children, mm -hmm. to say that that wasn't scary or it affected me, sure it did. I've even had panic attacks um, after, you know, afterwards, dealing with the stress inside. But, but am I sort of consciously living out this fear day in, day out? No, I'm not. And, and, and I'm not for one reason is that if I do, they win. Their mm -hmm. goal is so that we would all be afraid and we'd all live in fear and we'd all react in, mm -hmm. in funny, crazy ways. And I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to, to express the gospel in my life the gospel that says that everything that I have mm -hmm. is, is by grace. Everything is from the cross. It's not me and it's not them. It's Jesus. And, and, and to choose that mm -hmm. is difficult, but I think it's the way we should choose. Question number two, what does Jesus, what does Yeshua mean to you? Wow. That's and I ask this question of everybody that okay. I interview on the program, so I'm not right. singling you out on this, but it is, uh, it's, it's, it's poignant. Right. Jesus to me is the one who, who changed me, who transformed me, the one who deals with me day in, day out, the only one that I can run to and the only one in whom I can find an identity mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that keeps me grounded. You know, I'm Jewish, I'm Israeli, I'm English, I'm Moroccan, I'm French, I'm many, but none of those identities mm -hmm. ground me. None of them keep me who I am, except for Jesus. Mm. And I think he's the one that holds me. And I experience grace in that, that holding of who I am in him. 
Um, mm. So yeah, that's who he is to me, I think. Thank you very much for Thank sharing you, that with me. I think we better pray. And and if you don't mind, may I ask you to lead us in prayer. Absolutely. Uh, Perhaps that all of us who are believers in Jesus would have a boldness to share our faith, uh, especially in light of those who would seek to just stamp out Christianity, stamp out Judaism. These are just forces of evil at work today. Would you lead us in prayer? Yes, please, yeah. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for your love and your goodness, for your grace, and above all, for your Son, Jesus. I pray that you would give each one of us, people listening, and to, to me and my brother here, you give us a boldness to declare your word, to be active disciples of your son in every place that we live. I pray, Father, that you would give us love for people, that you would help us love everyone, people that are completely different to us. You'd help us love them, care for them, and bring the gospel to them. Mm. Yes. Be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yul Ben David, thank you so much for joining me here for the first time on Haven Today in Jerusalem. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for joining us on Great Stories with Charles Morris. And I'm so glad Yul Ben David had this conversation with me some years ago in Jerusalem. Now, if you want to hear more content like what you just heard on today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, help us get the word out. Leave us a five-star review. And you can also visit haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover more episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Charles Morris.